This is the Best Boys Podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. What's shaking, Monica? Are you taking on your orange juice? (laughs) The orange juice just went down the wrong pipe. Or nor. (laughs) It went into the the other pipe and not the pipe I meant to to put it down in. You know what I was thinking about today after you and I were texting earlier? What? Because I texted Aaron to let you in on the the deeds. I texted Monica and I told her that we should get matching tattoos. She we said, should. oh, fuck yes. And I said, well, what is something good enough? It has to be iconic. And I'm we haven't still thinking about thought, it. we didn't think of anything. And then I was sitting, I was at my mom's physical therapy with her. And I was just sitting there and I was like, what if we just got in like a really beautiful script somewhere or nor? Oh my God, <laughs> shut the, dude, I would do that. You know, I would do that. That is so fucking funny. But like in the most like, like dainty, gorgeous, Stunning. like. It's or nor. Or nor, or nor. By Nicole Kidman. <laughs> By Nicole Kidman. The new Audi perfume. <laughs> In stores now. <laughs> Only sold down under. Down under. <laughs> I can see the entire campaign now. I I bet, like bet, I will do it. I will do it. Do it on me right now. I'll get it on my neck, dude. Okay. Like that's how committed I am. <laughs> or fucking nor. Or fucking nor. Like seriously, <laughs> I will fucking do it. And then when we go to us, well, I'm never going to Australia. That's not Australia. true. We will eventually because we have to meet the queen, Nicole Kidd. That's so true. But she lives here. <laughs> she lives in Nashville. She lives in Nashville yeah. because of Keith Ibbin. Keith Ibbin. So I went Be- to. Who's very Southern being from Australia. <laughs> I went to Vegas <laughs> for my brother's birthday. Yes. Honest to God, I was so tired the entire time, but I rallied because it's my brother's 31st birthday and he's an accountant. And so he kind of, this is like kind of how he like deep de-stresses is he'll go on his like one trip right before tax season gets fucking crazy. Um, Cause then we don't see him again until May mm-hmm. when it's over. And so we went and uh, Aaron got super crazy it was wild. Yes. I'm built different, so I didn't get that crazy. Sure. Uh, and there there he was, Keith Urban. He was like 20 feet tall on like every billboard. Oh my I, God. I thought you meant you like saw him. And I was like, and you're just telling me this? No, dude. I To be frank, I don't know that I'd, that I'd remember him enough to tell you if I did see him. You would know. <laughs> Maybe I would. That, that soccer mom haircut is The is soccer mom, it really gets me. It really gets me. But there he, he was everywhere. And I was like, is he doing... A fucking Vegas residency? I think he might be. In the same breath as, as you say, Adele's Vegas residency. And Ursher. And Miranda, uh, I was going to say Miranda Cosgrove, but no. Miranda Lambert. And Ursher. And Ursher, Ursher, baby. Ursher, baby. Ursher, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in the club with my homies. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) I love Ursher baby. Ursher baby. I bet that's going to be a fun concert. I would never go because I think I know two Usher songs. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And then is love in this club also Ursher? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's in this club. I also like uh, his song, Bad Girl. What? Get at me back, girl. Ooh, what? Oh, that's, baby. that's, that's a good na, one. Na, 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 na. Oh, I also think he, he did like a duet with Alicia Keys. I was like, oh, the, my boo. Oh, yeah. That was, that's them, right? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not confusing There's one about anyone burning else. or fire that he's famous for. Burn, 
burn. 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 I know that there's like fire burning, but that's Sean Kingston, I'm pretty sure. I'm looking it up because Look it I, up. I simply can't go I need on to know. without knowing. You need to know what Ursher song is lurking within the, the depths of your mind. Ursher. Ursher, baby. Well, none of it. It's not in the top five, so I, I'm not looking. I just remember when we saw Hustlers. Oh, it's just called Burn. Oh, it's just called Burn. <laughs> we were we were thinking too hard about it. Um, but he was in he was in Hustlers. Yes. And it was the most glorious cameo I've ever seen in my life because mm-hmm. he's just so specific to that era. He's so specific to like the like mid aughts essentially like 2005 to like 2010 he was like the king of everything yeah it's like all of the songs in the club were his songs because you wanted to make love in the club in this club that was him so anyway so it's keith ibn and he had a residency in las vegas no i did not go see it i also noticed that like chris angel's still around (laughs) wow can you believe it he hasn't died via magic yet it's just crazy to me because like (laughs) i went back and i like watched his old videos Uh of like when you know the like chris because he used to have a show right uh (laughs) chris angel mind freak and I used and I went back and I watched oh, it. Freaky baby. And I got nightmares just from the theme song. Because I was like, mind freak! Mind freak! And I'm like, oh, Listen, my lord. I think magic is cool, but magicians are fucking crazy. I don't like magicians. I've told you this already. I know. I know that there's like a pending date at the Magic Castle, but frankly... We have to go still. I mean, we have to go because... It's it because Aaron, Aaron would die. Yeah, because Aaron would die because he loves magic. But like, it honestly freaks me out. Not the magic of it all, right. like because obviously because it's so magical. Yeah, magic is fine. I don't like magicians. No, I think they that suck. they're so. I was gonna say so ugly. <laughs> no, I mean like because they're so fucking ugly. ugly. They're fugly. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean like they're like god what's the word they're scary they're so they're annoying fedora guys <laughs> they're so yes yes thank you they like wear fedoras but like unironically mm-hmm. and they go like ladies and gentlemen like unironically and they have like they think that they have stage presence but in reality they're just like regurgitating what they think magicians should sound and be like and like chris angel came on the scene and he was like i'm gonna do it different i'm gonna be edgier Listen. but it's still so annoying because it's still that like weird fake like showmanship if that yeah, makes sense th- this is why i prefer mentalists mental what's a mentalist mentalists are like um you know that guy who had that show on hulu that was like vaguely a magic show but was kind of a play i remember he's a mentalist okay those guys are cool i also think people who do strictly card tricks are cool like 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 close-up magic, like yes. card tricks. I but like people that. People who are just like, this is my tiger. Let <laughs> me make him disappear. I'm going to chain myself to a train track, have a train run over me, and then I'm going to appear as the conductor. They're <laughs> fucking crazy. They're crazy. The people who also <laughs> the, like the motorcycle ma- magicians, yes. fuck them. I hate them. So They're like, look at my hog. This episode vroom, vroom. is no longer about the whale. It's about now you see me. It's about the gift of the magi. <laughs> the magicians but yeah anyway all all this to say i am tired of magicians and their fucking shenanigans and i want them to go away i agree i would i'm i hear you on the mentalists yeah i'm cool with them they can stick around any person who like dabbles in like 
uh, close-up magic, anyone who dabbles in like card tricks, you can stay. Yes, everyone else, you can make yourself everyone else disappear. Sashay away. <laughs> Seriously. No, I Fucking agree. leave. I agree. No, the magic castle is cool though. I'm excited to go with you guys. Yeah, I really want to... I really want to hang out at the Magic Castle. I want to um, laugh at all the magicians. <laughs> Tee hee hee. In like, but informal attire. Yeah. Because they apparently will kick yeah, you out to if nice. you don't have like nice clothes Aaron's on. gonna have to wear a jacket and a tie. It's true. They, you have to have yeah. like a, din- it has to be like a specific jacket too. It has to be like a dinner jacket. It can't be like a sports coat. I think it, I think it can be any blazer. Well, there's a difference. Oh, they loosen yeah. the rules. Oh, Aaron, there he is saying that they loosen the rules. He would know. He would know. We wouldn't know. <laughs> But yeah, no, we're, um, I, I do feel like new year, same me for sure. Yeah. Uh, especially in regards to how often I'm at home. Yeah. But I tried to leave my house today to get a plant and I did. Mm-hmm. So now there's a Monstera plant, which I'm told I probably won't be able to kill. We're going to find out. We'll find out. Honestly, fuck around and find out with this one <laughs> because I've managed to kill I killed the plant that Jessica first got me because it's easy plant. Her fucking cat, like if if her cat ate it, it would it die. would die. And now the she has cat, two cats. Not the plant. <laughs> I mean, they would probably both die if Mona got her fucking feral ass claws all over it. Listen, she's gotten a lot better since Monty joined our family. <sighs> Monty, yes, Jessica got a cat and named it after me. Yeah, Monty Montoya. That's yeah, his name. That's his full name. Yeah. Young Monty as like a, a for short, like as a pet name. For Lil sure. Monty when he's feeling it. We've been calling him Soup Nose a lot lately. Aww. <laughs> is it because he put his nose in some soup? No, he's got a little brown nose, even though the rest of him is gray and black. Cute. And so I kept being like, I was like, you're so cute. Look at your little brown nose. Looks like you dipped it into some soup. Are you a soup nose? And it has stuck. Oh. It is really stuck. That's, <laughs> that is so fucking funny. I've never thought, I, I, I guess in my mind, I, I don't think about people like talking, baby talk to their cats. Because in my mind, cats are just like these assholes that no, just dude, live in your house. Monty wants to love the shit out of you. You will love him. Well, You'll have he to take is some medication. Elite. He is an elite cat he because is. of his name. Monty Montoya. So I'm just saying, in general, I do feel kinship with this cat that I never met. <laughs> only because I do like him significantly more than I like Mona. Mona's always been nice to you. She's always been nice to me. She's always been nice to me. She's never like tried to kill me. Exactly. But I just don't like her like that. You know, like well, she's kind of a stalker at this point. That's your problem. She calls me every day, day and night. <laughs> that's who's Meow! been running up my phone bill. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> call call Verizon and tell them it's your cat. <laughs> I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. It's my kitty cat cat. <laughs> it's calling everywhere. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? And we'll be right back. Now back to the show. Oh my God. But yeah. Should we get into the movie? We should get into the movie. Anyway, that's a very brief recap of our lives. Yeah, that's our lives right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we also got together and had a mocktail night to watch this oh God, very film did. that we're about to talk we about. Did. The and mocktails were great. The mocktails were great. There was one that was not good at all. You hated it. I thought it was fine. What was it called? I don't remember. Figlia was the bomb. Figlia was the <laughs> shit. I don't know if that's even how you pronounce it. But Me that either. one was good. And then the, 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 soy, the, the one. soy one, which I later found out is Katy Perry's like mocktail brand. Does she own it or is she just like their biggest investor? I don't know. Unclear. <laughs> Unclear. But it's like somehow tied to Katy Perry. And like fun fact, I really don't like Katy Perry. Katy Perry? She, Katy Perry. 
she just rubs me the wrong way. I agree. I think it's because I grew up like in her California, like her like hot and cold era, Calo- and then, you know, going into her California girls era. Yeah. And then it was like, I, I don't want this anymore. I know. And then she released a bunch of like weird EDM or like not EDM, but like dance yeah. house, like remix music yes. with like that, that dark horse track. And then I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm over it. I don't like it. Either. I'm not, a, I, all this to say is I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but only because I don't listen to her music. I feel like if I did, I would be. There you go. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. Fuck around and <laughs> Jessica just revealed that she's not a Swiftie. Oh, I'm so not. Wow. Yeah. I don't wow. like the sound of her voice. So you're telling me that if Taylor Swift released a mocktail brand, you wouldn't buy it? Right, correct. Okay. If I haven't already purchased Cameron Diaz's wine, <gasps> I'm not buying Taylor Swift's What's it mocktail. called? It's called like Avalon or something. Yeah, What's it called? Like, it's Aveline or Aveline. Aveline. Yes. And it's like apparently like bougie it's like clean natural wine like it's like biodynamic <laughs> and it's just like so good i have no idea no i never idea. had no it whatsoever. i just know that gwyneth paltrow like it, i think it's been featured in goop sometimes oh, of course it has been and cameron of diaz is just has. such a star but fucking gwyneth has never thrown flower beauty a bone this is this is nepotism that's so facts <laughs> Bro. That's not the definition of nepotism. <laughs> no. But we're going to roll with it. I'm going to roll with it like a cute little butter roll down the table. <laughs> but yes, all this to say we had mocktails. It was a great night and we did watch it at home. Yeah, we did. Um, And it was a screener that Aaron had. I'm so sorry. So sorry to Darren Aronofsky. But this is nepotism. This is nepotism. <laughs> this is the whale. <laughs> cute waves crashing. I'm trying to make a whale sound. That's the sound of the blowhole. Eric's <laughs> like, get on with it. Give us a give us a cute little fucking fuck around and find out. I'm going to give you a synop. This is the whale came out in 2022. <laughs> I'm going to give you the best boys first this time. Okay, go for it. Best Boy Grip, Paul Kendrilli. Oh, Best yes. Boy Electric, Brooks Lockwood. And what's so incredible about this is that it came out so, so- uh, Recently? Recently. Yeah. They're probably like out there in the exactly. world hanging out. They could out. listen to this. They could listen to this. Shout so out shout Paul and Brooks. Paul and Brooks. Best Brooks. Boys. Continue. <laughs> the Oil was written by and based off the play by Samuel D. Hunter, directed by Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> A reclusive, morbidly obese English teacher named Charlie, played by Brendan Fraser, attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter, Ellie, played by Sadie Sink, as he confronts his past and approaches death. Yeah, that's that's about it. That's about to it. To be honest, I don't think I've ever read a, um, a synopsis that was more true to the film, because we've had some interesting synopses up in these four walls mm-hmm. uh some of them good some of them bad and but a lot of them like not really giving us the story this gives us the story yeah this, this is, is the this whole is story it. well it's the whole story without the allegory <sighs> story minus the allegory i i'm just gonna right off the bat i don't care i respect all religions you do what you want to do uh-huh. i did not like <laughs> all of the jesus stuff in this I did not like yeah. all of the religion in this. I think it, in a lot of ways it was unnecessary, but 
frankly i think it made it worse yes exactly it made it worse pop off whoever who did it i understand why you did it i get it i don't relate to it i don't relate to it first of all and i also just think it's kind of rude should, oh, I, rude. should i start off with my hottest take yes it's not even a, that hot whoa take. give me it's your hot take. everyone so a lot of people really like this movie do and they? i do understand why like I get that, that for a lot of people. We need to start with, did we like this movie? Because it's so fucking controversial. I have really mixed feelings about it. So I, I enjoy the experience of watching it? Not even slightly. No, no. In retrospect, do I like, ha- did I like what it was trying to do? Did I like the performances? I I loved the performances. I thought it was beautifully made. I think that the story is interesting, albeit a bit offensive. Facts. Um. <laughs> Facts. So, you know, I I really have a strong hatred hatred of this movie. It already had points against it because it was directed by Darren, who we for real booed when his name came. <laughs> like we actually because it said a film by Darren, Darren and, and we, we went, went boo. <laughs> just he just oh god. I, I could do a whole episode, a whole rant yeah. on why I hate him. Mother, mother. <laughs> but I digress. Yes. I do feel like I'm going to be very honest and say that Brendan Fraser's performance I thought was really enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a lot of the things he was doing were yeah. not enjoyable to watch, but no. like it was so nice to, and I said this to Jessica as we were watching it, it was really nice to see him as a father. Yeah. In that context, it was terrible. Yeah. And we'll get into it. But like, it was so nice and like, frankly, refreshing to see Brendan Fraser play a father, yeah. play someone who is trying to connect with an extension of himself mm-hmm. and sort of like using it as like a mirror. It was very delightful. Um, and I had a lot of problems with the script. I thought that the, that the dialogue sometimes was like very forced and clunky. Yeah, it, they shouldn't have had a playwright write the yeah, film it, it, necessarily. It felt very theatrical, but yeah. like- it was such a small movie that mm-hmm. I don't know that it it worked. Yeah. It that and that's where I have like the mixed feelings of it all because I'm like I can understand how this would be like make a very good stage play. Right. Um the dialogue is very very theatrical, but I think that with how the movie was made, they could have toned it down quite a bit with like the very just direct and very stale dialogue right. of like how could you do this to me? Yes, <laughs> like it's exactly. very much like that. It and could have been way more nuanced. Yes, there could have been more nuanced. Could have just been a little bit more like finesse, I think. And I that's one of its transgressions that is not necessarily controversial, but that I think like no movie of this caliber should should be like right. misusing dialogue in that right. way. No, I agree with you completely. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of our initial takes. Like, yeah. did we like it? Did we not? Jessica has mixed feelings and I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I guess overall I didn't like it. I don't know. I'm really hesitant to say that I didn't like something when I in when I loved the acting so much. The acting was just so good. Like Brendan Fraser and Hong Chow, who plays Ugh. his like best friend slash they nurse. Left no crumbs. Incredible performances. In like actually mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, they did such a fucking incredible job as well as I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head. Sadie Sink. No, the oh, mother. Samantha the mother. Morton who played yes. the mother. Yes. Samantha Morton. She was there amazing. Is one scene where she and Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie are talking in, in the kitchen 
And it is such a beautiful scene there. Just talk about like two incredibly seasoned, glorious actors just being allowed to do their work. Yes. That was, that was a delight. Yeah. That was a fucking delight. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, let's get into it. (laughs) Facts. But yes, give us your hottest take. Okay. See, the thing is, it's like, it's not even that hot of a take, but so a lot of people like this movie because it's very emotional and like very impactful from like a level of like the relationship aspect of it. The father daughter thing seems to resonate with a lot of people. And I was reading a lot of like the, the five star 10 out of 10 reviews on IMDb. And they're all people being like, you know, I wish I could have had a conversation with my dad like this before he died, stuff like that. So I get why it like really hit home for people. But the issue that's like literally no pun intended and not trying to be rude, the elephant in the room. Oh my God. The weight issue in this movie. And like, I get what Darren Aronofsky was trying to do. And I do genuinely think he was trying to be like an artist with it. I think he was trying to say, you know, like, the weight is not the problem. It's just what everyone thinks is the problem. But what's the problem is what's underneath. It's the relationships. It's the destructiveness. It's how people are so prejudiced and judgmental. And there's comments about like society a whole. I think he was saying like, that's the problem. And he's just an embodiment of all of those problems. And I also think he made everyone treat Charlie's character so insanely awful as a way to kind of like shock the audience to be like, yeah, this is how fat people are treated all the time. But in, I don't think it was as effective as he wanted it to be. I agree. Like, I think that that was the intention, but I, (laughs) instead I just saw like a fat man who is nearing death and is like very aware of that, but is still getting just like shit thrown in his face 24 seven yep. for literally no reason. For existing. Exactly. And then when you put the allegory thing on top of it, like I think if we had just told a story about an overweight man reconnecting with his daughter, like while I have a lot of mixed feelings about fat suits and things like that, like that story is real. It's yeah. a real thing that happens in the world that deserves to be told. Like just because being morbidly obese is quote unquote taboo and difficult to show on television or movies doesn't mean we shouldn't tell those stories. But then when you turn it into an allegory where he's supposed to be like a Jesus figure who just absorbs and takes in all of the shit that people throw at him, like all of the horrible behavior, essentially like the sins of humanity. He's just taking them and not throwing any of it back. He's continuing to be a kind, good person. I'm just like, you used a fat person to display that when that's what they're they're actually subjected to 24 seven. And you're painting him as like this God when in reality, like, Nobody gets that kind. Nobody, you know, ascends after getting shit on by people like that doesn't happen. I understand in the movie he's supposed to be like, yeah, he ended up, he continued to be righteous and like through him dying, these people discovered they realized their sins in quotes and they got better. Like that's supposed to be the thing. But like, why did he, why did it have to be because of him and his body? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I I honestly think that there is a world in which the story could have been told without him needing to be morbidly obese. Or if they are telling this story, 
I am not an expert in obesity. I don't know like what statistics are are around. Right. I don't know how many like actors are are considered obese and that could have been put on this project or whatever. Like I don't even think that that's a demographic that like is constantly it, it, like it's not a box that you check right on a form that says i am an actor and i am morbidly obese exactly so i do understand the like the walls like the barriers mm-hmm. to entry for for a casting director to try and like figure this out yes and i think the easy way out is the fat suit yeah and i understand like i i do get it in the mm-hmm. same way I view this very this movie very differently than I would view like a movie like Vice, mm-hmm. um, with uh, oh my god, Christian Bale. Oh my god, <laughs> murder me, Christian Bale. With a movie like Vice and uh-huh. Christian Bale, he put on a ton of weight. Yeah, but he also wore prosthetics. Yeah, he also wore a fat suit. And I have different feelings about that movie than I do about this movie. Yes. Because I don't think that they took that too far. I think that that, in a lot of ways, like his own body kind of looked like that. And they were just accentuating it. Dick Cheney, it's not like Dick Cheney was known as being like a fat person. No. It was just his body. Exactly. His identity wasn't the fat guy. His identity was corrupt man. Exactly. (laughs) Whereas in this movie, they make that his entire identity. Like his whole being is associated with his body, which I find just so deeply uncomfortable. And yes, maybe that was the goal. Maybe they wanted to slap us across the face and be like, Yes, that's the fucking goal. The shock value of it all, the like the fucking mistreatment of him and his body of it all. Like the the whatever the the opposite of like glorification or mm-hmm. like the opposite of romanticization of his body right. was. Like maybe that's what it is and it's like really like subverting all expectations in that way. Maybe that's the goal. I just think it's a shitty goal. Yeah. Like no, I, for sure. I I really wonder what the playwright was thinking when he wrote the play in the first place, to be quite honest. Like, and I, cause I think that like pulling this off with a fat suit would be even harder in a theater. Oh, definitely. So I'm like, how did they cast this? I have a lot of questions. Like I get it. And I also get why they call it the whale. Cause Moby Dick is like a big thing in this. And yeah. it does make sense, but there's just, there's so many themes. There's homosexuality and, alcoholism and addiction and the one thing that i did appreciate though about this is the moment between him and samantha morton because such a good scene like obesity as an illness and then alcoholism as an illness and also as an addiction in both ways they had them in that scene where like it was very clear that he was also casting judgment upon her for her alcohol use. Right. But it's not like he said anything because that's not something that people say anything about. Whereas in real life, people feel like they just have carte blanche to say things about people's weight. And at least for me, that, that moment between them really made me go like, I think they're trying to show us something here. Like, isn't it funny that these two people are in a room together and one is clearly seen as more valuable than the other. And she's going to get out of this alive because she's going through an illness that isn't like as stigmatized. Yeah. There's also like, there's a lot of homophobia in this movie in general. I do think like, obviously these circumstances are so unbelievably unique. So um, for those of you who don't know in this film, Charlie, the main character played by Brendan Fraser is um, a, potentially bisexual like the the um 
his sexuality is very much unknown. I yeah. wouldn't say that he's like a gay man, but I wouldn't like I. He does not reveal his sexuality in this in this film at all. Yeah, so I think it's pretty much like unspoken that he is either bisexual or pansexual because he did love his wife and yes. he did like they made a baby together. They it did happened. make that baby. And there are there are comments in the movie where. Um, the mom is like, well, yeah, like you, you probably only married me because you wanted a kid. Yeah. And he's like, no, dude, like we had a great family together. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you remember that time at the beach when we were all like hanging out? That shit was fun. Mm -hmm. Right. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Like I, I do see that he contains multitudes in that. Like he has love for so many different people. Right. And so many different kinds of love. So there he is like in his family unit. And then he, his profession is he's a he's a teacher he's an english mm -hmm. teacher his uh one of his students he like catches his eye and he's like ooh like cute student the student is a male is mm -hmm. a boy and they wait until the semester's over to like start anything like a romantic relationship and he essentially like home wrecks his family mm -hmm. which in a lot of ways like you could take that a million different ways i do think that there's a lot of homophobia in this movie just based on like attaching him being queer with him cheating mm -hmm. and leaving the family. Like mm -hmm. I can understand them, the family attaching that feeling to him being gay mm -hmm. and antagonizing that as like a whole fucking thing. Yeah. It was very difficult to watch a lot of the times his daughter played beautifully by Sadie Sink. I say beautifully, but actually like very aggressively. She did an incredible job with what she was given, but what she was given was batshit crazy. It was horrible. And we'll be right back. Now back to the show. I guess, uh, the thing is, is I guess this movie works better when the characters, when the side characters are more one note. Yeah. Because it makes the allegory work better. But in turn, you just get, you get flat characters you get boring you yeah get very boring she was just full of rage the entire time and did despicable things horrible like we're talking like illegal but not just illegal just like morally disgusting things yeah she fucking drugged her dad with ambien just to like get him to like shut the fuck up for a while so exactly. that she could like talk and ex essentially extort the mormon person is he a mormon i don't know it's like uh, end times yeah, it's like an, a weird end times maybe church. jehovah's witness or like i'm not really sure what it, yeah. what the stand-in religion is supposed to be or like mm -hmm. what what religion the stand-in religion is supposed to be but she basically uses this time while her father is drugged and unconscious mm -hmm. to like extort the like end times guy yeah so there's this missionary <laughs> who comes to the door um and <laughs> it's just like there's this missionary who comes to the door and he like it shows up a couple of times and he just keeps coming back because he keeps thinking that he can like save Charlie. He's he so can, annoying. He can bring him salvation. And um it's Sadie Sig's character drugs her dad and then like locks this dude in a bed in a bedroom in the old bedroom of Brendan Fraser's dead partner yep because his partner has since died yes and locks him in the bedroom and this kid starts just like freaking out talk and like revealing all these secrets only for her to open the door and she has been recording the entire thing and she keeps taking random pictures of people and she posts them on facebook and writes horrible things we're about talking them. like like honestly they could be 
libel or whatever yeah. like what whatever the the written version of like talking shit and yes. like it being illegal kind of a situation yeah she is so horrible to the point where like you're sitting there thinking sadie sink pop off like you're doing such a good job yeah but her dialogue her fucking lines she literally tells this boy that if he doesn't smoke pot with her she's going to continue she's going to drug her father till he dies and then tell the police that this boy raped her like it's bad crazy it's very we're supposed to think that like she just needs to reconnect with her dad it's like that's what's (laughs) gonna like fix her fucking problem and like that's just need to work it out and like frankly that is what happens the end like not to be that bitch to like spoil this film for you but i hope you've already watched it by now um yes that's literally what happens is we're expect like we're we must be so fucking stupid to accept the fact that all she needed was daddy's love Mm -hmm. (laughs) like all she needed was for brendan fraser's character charlie to tell her that she's an awesome person and then peace the fuck out into the into the sweet white light yes to get his little feetsies on the on the ocean floor literally that's literally the ending and she's awful to him right up until he dies right up until he dies and she doesn't even the thing is she says something under her breath that presumably only the audience can hear Uh uh-huh turned away from her father being like i'm she, she, i don't even think she says i'm sorry but she says something like daddy right like yeah. re, kind of like regressing into her childhood a little bit yeah, and like yeah, yeah. kind of looking at him that way and in that moment you're supposed to think oh she's cured like she sees him as as a daddy now like cute she has right in the light no because up until his very last breath She's berating him with horrible comments. And I know that that's supposed to be like metaphorical, like Jesus getting fucking hit before he gets like put on the cross. I fucking get it. I understand it. It's just awful. It's just awful. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's no, there's no real like retribution. There's no real resolve. Like there is no, like there is no clear path forward for anyone. No. And that sucks. None whatsoever. But, I'm going to play devil's advocate here here though and say like maybe that's that's the point that even in spite of like this immense sacrifice from this religious figure like people continue to go out and sin and be awful and there is so much like there's such a lack of gratitude etc I guess if I'm viewing it through the fucking allegory I can see it but it still just it pisses me off to no end because it's just so deeply sad. And I feel like so many people are so awful to fat people. And so many people will have seen this movie or have just seen a poster. And been like, I don't even give a shit because I fucking hate fat people. Yeah. Or they're going to hear all the things that all the other characters said and be like, yeah, the facts. <laughs> True. I would say the same thing, which is terrible. Like it, it doesn't make anybody feel bad for what is being said. The thing is, is like, I would understand if there was a moment in the film where they were like, sit the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not how we talk to each other. Right. right? Yeah. But there isn't, frankly, like there just isn't. And even his best friend who is the nurse um, and she gives an incredible performance, but like- She's so good. She Even she like cracks jokes at his expense and calls him fat and calls him lazy and is like angry with him for not taking better care of himself, which sure, I can understand like- in the sense that a lot of children or a lot of friends who have friends that have like addictions, right? they get really upset with them being like, why can't you change? Why can't you change? Yeah. That part, I can like separate that in a vacuum and like put that off to the side. But everything else is like, no one at any point says that he's a beautiful person. Mm-hmm. No one at any point talks about him as like, 
a really great guy. Everyone's like, even the mother, like even his ex-wife uses his positivity, quote unquote, as like an attack. Yeah. When she's like, you're always so positive. Like what the fuck is up with that? Like that's so annoying. Like Mm -hmm. that you're always the positive person. So every good quality about Charlie is constantly being like weaponized against him. Yeah. And there is never a learning moment for anyone in this film. None. Including Charlie. Yeah. Because he doesn't even get the opportunity to go, you know what? I'm worth it. Yeah. I'm worth it. I'm going to go to the hospital and I'm going to get my artery unclogged. Yeah. You know what? I have the money. Fuck this child who's like fucking drugging me with Ambien. She can have half of it. Yeah. Even half is fine. I'm going to go to the motherfucking hospital. Like there is no moment in time when Charlie's like, I'm worth it. No, I'm, I'm worth it. It's so awful. He just like makes countless sacrifices and it's so painful to watch. But like, that is the part where Brendan Fraser's performance really comes in because even though it's so painful to watch, he confronts all of it with like immense joy in so many moments of this movie. A lot of positivity. A lot of positivity. And he also, I don't know, there is like such an absurd strength and humility to him, but also he expresses a lot of shame in this movie, but in a really, really beautiful, nuanced way. I don't know, like his his acting is just so unbelievable. Yeah, there is one moment when he is trying to, so desperately to like, get someone to understand. I forget who exactly he's talking to, but he's like, I need to know that I've done one fucking good thing in my life. Yeah, and he's, he's talking to his friend. He's referring to his daughter. Or no, he's talking to Samantha Morton. Yes. As I, she leaves. Yes. I'm pretty sure. I couldn't remember who, who yeah. it was, but it's like, he needs to know that he's done one good thing in his life. And frankly, I think up until his fucking dying breath, I don't think, <laughs> I, I don't think that that ended up coming to fruition. Cause I think his daughter is going to go out and sin again. Yeah. Um, but I do think like in that moment, I think that I don't think I'd ever seen Brendan Fraser do anything like that before no. in his films. And it honestly caught me very much by surprise because I was like, for the most part in this film, he is being the lovable Brendan Fraser that we've all like come to know and love. Right. right. Like he's acting like very fish out of water, like very cute, like very like, I'm just going to like beep up about my life and like enjoy myself and like talk to my students and like be a good guy. Right. Yeah. But there are moments in this movie where he breaks. And I think those moments are the most surprising. And I think that's why he got nominated for the Oscar is because of those little like breaks in between his natural, like almost like naivete and, Mm -hmm. and general honest innocence and goodness that he has in his life. I think Brendan Fraser was perfect in that sense And I think that I don't know if it was Darren or (laughs) Brendan who got this like guttural desperation out of him. But I swear to God, like he'd never acted like that before. And I've seen almost all of his movies at this point. Right. Like, yeah, most of them pretty much at least all of the ones that he has any kind of recognition for. Yeah. I don't, I will admit I have not seen Looney Tunes back in action. (laughs) Monica. I know. I've seen Space Jam though. Space Jam is the shit. I've seen Monkey Bone. That's Mm. the shit. Have you seen Monkey Bone? No. That movie's fucking crazy. (laughs) I'm fucking sure. But yeah, so I do see why he got nominated. I think that the movie as a whole, I just wish he was in a different movie. I wish he was in a different movie too, but I don't know. He, Darren Aronofsky said that he's been trying to make this movie for 10 years and kept delaying it because he couldn't find the right person to be Charlie. And I really do think that Brendan Fraser came 
at the role with such with such humility, with such positivity in a way that does not make me feel bad towards him at all for what the movie does. Right. And I think that that's powerful. Plus he also gets mad a lot in this movie. Not a lot, a couple times, which you don't get to see him do a lot. And it's really fucking powerful, but also just like his, his devotion and the really tough places he had to go. Like the binge eating scenes in this movie, if you're at all triggered by stuff like that, don't watch definitely this. don't watch this movie if you're even a little bit triggered by yeah, that because it's it's, it's really lot. it's really hard to watch and i feel like his performance came from an incredibly honest and informed Vulnerable. place yeah rather than someone just who put on a fat suit and started eating a bunch sad. of stuff exactly. like whatever yeah exactly like there was so much reality to there it. was an intentionality with that i will say i agree i yeah. definitely agree i think that he approached it very honestly mm-hmm. i think that uh, while i can't speak to his own life i do know that he very publicly has um in that very famous at this point GQ article where he kind of like let everyone know what had happened to him Mm -hmm. and why he had taken such a long break from acting and his very messy divorce with his ex-wife and how he kind of just felt like a a big old like deflated balloon after that and I think I think there is something very powerful in knowing his own story and infusing that into the performance I do like I saw it I saw it and honestly like Unlike mother, I don't regret watching this movie. Yeah. I think that it, it, it was honestly such a privilege to watch him do what he does best and do something incredibly surprising. Yeah. So I do think like, even with all of the hate and like the complexities of this film, I do think that if, if you want to see Brendan Fraser do some really gorgeous work, I would recommend watching it. I do think you should tread lightly and I don't think that you'll ever watch it again, but I do think it's very much worth it for this one performance. If there was like a super cut of like only his performance, I would, I would probably watch that over watching. But without the binge eating scenes. Yes. But without the binge eating scenes. Cause yeah. I do think while he does like come at those like really head on, yeah. very strong, very intentionally. And it feels, it feels a little too real. So it might not work for everyone. No, they're really rough. They're also, really dramatic i mean i'm not gonna say that nobody binge eats like that but they're very dramatic they're very dramatic also kind of makes me feel like uh darren aronofsky slash latariat thinks that every fat person is fat because they binge eat and that's not true at all not true that's just not true at all there are so many different reasons yeah hormonal illness like their grief also presents itself in such different ways there's like, also biological predisposition like facts it's in fucking d it's in your fucking dna yeah Yes, 100%. And it's not, they have found more and more that obesity doesn't necessarily cause um, uh, like heart conditions. Yes. It does, obviously, when it gets to a certain point, but a lot of those people are already predisposed to those heart conditions and obesity makes them worse. Exactly. So it's like, there are so many things about this film where I'm like, I get this one note version of an obese person that you've decided to portray on in this film, but there are so many like, complex very very nuanced reasons as to why a person can yeah can quote-unquote like end up like that yeah and that's not a story that hollywood has ever told like when and i'm certainly not saying that like fatness is like body size is the same as race whatsoever but i would say that like the number one marginalized people in hollywood is probably people of size you just 
there's nothing about them. There are so many ex, uh, jokes at uh, fat people's expense. Yes. Period. But like, there's no in like, every stories movie. about them. No, it's only ever jokes. It's only ever antagonization. Yeah. Like it's always, I mean, there's an entire movie with Mae Whitman called Designated Ugly Fat Friend. The and Duff. she's not even fat. And she's not even fat. <laughs> she's literally so skinny. I just like, <laughs> I do think that this movie is echoing like the really rampant fat phobia that exists yeah. in this country right now. And I understand this is the thing. It's like, you're, I know the argument against that would be like, but I'm seeing Bozzy positivity like everywhere. It's like, I get it. I really mm-hmm. do. Or like, what about like the pl- quote unquote plus size, like sports illustrated models? Like we Liz- have those. Lizzo out- did a show. Victoria's <laughs> secret has like plus size mannequins. Now it's like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Um, and I am the last person to speak to, to this, but I just don't think it's far enough no. for us to make any significant progress. It's not far at all because the fact of the matter is they're net, like you will, you even, even if fucking Victoria's Secret makes an extra, extra large now. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Even if they're doing that, there has still never been a movie where the lead is a fat person and it's not about them being Oh my fat. God, Jessica, I feel pretty. <laughs> That's about her body though, still. <laughs> I know. It needs to be not about her body. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. By the way, that was a joke in case that wasn't clear. We yeah. saw I feel, well, we saw most of I feel pretty no, one we, night. We watched the whole thing. We I did? Think, yeah. Okay, I don't remember the ending at all. Michelle Williams Michelle is Williams great. gives a, like, if she you should have gotten fa- an Oscar. If you <laughs> saw the Fablemans and you thought this is her peak, bitch, no. No, go watch I bitch, feel pretty. If you saw like Fosse Vernon and you thought that was her peak, bitch, no. Uh-uh. She plays like a, she oh, plays like a Gwyneth like knockoff. Like a goop type. Like, like she's just like, what? She puts on the most, <laughs> oh my God, the most hilarious voice it's ever. It's so good. It's so pitiful that it's stuck in this like insane film that I, I would never watch again. No, I never want to watch the movie again. Even yeah. though was, there were pretty funny parts. I got to give it there that. There were funny parts. Although I just really don't like Amy Schumer, it's but that's same. like, I have nothing against her. I really don't. No, I just don't like her. I just, her type of humor is just not for me. No. Um. So anyway, she's inc- not Amy Schumer. Michelle. Michelle. Michelle's incredible in this movie. <laughs> and she should have gotten an Oscar nomination I for agree. that role. I agree with that. But yes, a Fableman's <laughs> Who. Honestly. Did, do you know if Paul Dano got an Oscar nomination? He did not. That movie wow. only got nominated. That didn't get any cast nominations. Or was she nominated? No, no, no. Oh, Michelle Williams okay, was nominated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He did not get nominated, though. Damn. I mean, I get why. He did great, but it was a very like it was an archetypal role. It was. It was the father. Yeah, and the son and the Holy Spirit. Like it was. It was the father. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It was. They're Jewish, so uh, it was just the father. How do you say father in Hebrew? Papa. Oh my God, Aaron. I don't know, Aaron. <laughs> this is why you were never mitzvahed. Never mitzvahed, and it shows. It That's does. what I'm saying. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah, so anyway, that was the whale. That was the whale. It was. Uh, And that concludes our month of Brendan. Yeah, that was Brendan Fraser. I know we were all over the place, but honestly, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Exactly. That's how it is with this pod. I do love that we spent a whole month on this guy because I I feel like he needs the love. I feel like like we need to keep the Brendan Fraser train going. He's he's blowing the fuck up. I know that he's suffered some pretty devastating losses and including 
most recently when Warner Brothers like slashed all of the fucking films on their docket that yeah. were made that they were like what they wanted to put into a tax write off. Um, and one of them was was like a, a Brendan Fraser film. I think yeah. it was Bat Girl or Bat Woman or Bat Lady. Bat S- Brendan. Bat Brendan. I think he I'd played- pay big money to watch Bat Brendan. I agree. A hundred percent. So um so yeah, so he's suffered some devastating losses, but he is also getting some pretty big wins and some pretty big recognition. Um, not from the Golden Globes, but everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everyone else will love this man. <sighs> Brendan, we love you. We love everyone you, next month. Um slash this month, February is we're doing Oscar movies. Oscar movies. So we're watching four Oscar noms that we uh, love. Um so slash good. that we anticipate loving. Yes. And including Ta. Yeah. Including Ta. That's what we're starting with, Ta. Yes. So I feel good about saying it because that's our first yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. You'll have to just wait and see for the rest. We're basically ta. choosing our favorites of the best picture nominated yeah. films. Two of them were guesses, though, that we hadn't seen. Yeah, we haven't seen them. And but one like, of them so far. Oh, just FYI. Fucking paid off. FYI, if you're, if you're waiting to hear about Elvis, you're not going to hear about it. <laughs> No, but go see it. I, watched I loved it, it. I watched it twice. I saw it three times in theaters. Yeah. Loved it. I loved the shit out of Elvis. It was so good. I don't know why I was nominated for Best Picture, but I do no, know. I do know why Austin Butler was nominated. I do know why Austin Butler he was nominated. Fucked up Elvis. He left no crumbs. He was like, I'm going to talk like this now forever. I'm like, <laughs> this is how Elvis talks. This is me as Elvis <laughs> now. I have his gitter. Heartbreak Hotel, baby. Oh, yeah. Burn in love. <laughs> Like, in I'm just ghetto. saying, in the ghetto, <laughs> I'm just saying, I understand why he was nominated. Oh, absolutely. Good job, little Austin B. Like, great. Good on you, look buddy. Look how far you've come. You Look how far you've come since the Carrie Diaries. <laughs> look since, at you go. Disney, right? He was yeah. a Disney kid. He was yeah. a Disney kid. Mm. I think he was also a Nickelodeon kid. Like, he was, oh my a, God. He was an everything kid. Good, good for you, baby. Good for you, baby. But yeah, right. he got nominated for an Oscar. Elvis did not, no, or no, Elvis did. did, but I feel like it shouldn't have. Uh, yeah, I it don't was know. so disjointed. We can talk about this on our Oscars. It episode. was so disjointed. I just like I, and you know, I love Baz Luhrmann. I know you love Baz Luhrmann, but like, I'm not going to sit here and say that the movie wasn't disjointed. I see. I had no problem with the the pacing of the film. The pacing personally. was good. The pacing was good. It just felt very like. Also, like Tom Hanks ruined that whole fucking movie. I agree. That's. I feel like Tom Hanks is the reason why it shouldn't have been nominated for no. Best Picture, and that's the only reason. I'm sorry, Tom. I love you, but Tom, you that was fucked a up. Wild performance. Tom, fu- <laughs> you, Tom fucked up twice. Do you want to hear how? How? One with Elvis, uh-huh. and that insane accent. Yeah. And the most insane performance I've ever seen him do. Yeah. Where he, I swear to God, just clocked it in the entire fucking time. <laughs> and then the other performance where he clocked it in, where he played motherfucking Geppetto in oh. the Pinocchio remake. I haven't seen it. Don't. It is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Well, besides that makes me mother. Sad. <laughs> that makes me sad. He also fucked up by making Chet Hanks, but you know. Oh my God. <sighs> Have you seen the Z-Way episode with Chet Hanks? I've seen clips of it. It's okay. insane. It's insane. I, I challenge all of you listeners out there. Look up Z-Way, Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. And just let your imagination run wild. Honestly, he cursed him by naming him Chet. Like, it's fact. I mean, I honestly, because Colin Hanks is delightful. 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 And he does all of the, like, voices for all of the little toys. And he's just so pure. And he had a great sin on Dexter as, like, one of the fucking villains. I know. He's such a good boy. Like, I love Colin Hanks. Chet Hanks, you can go fucking burn. Yeah, bye-bye. Burn on your spring break bonfire. (laughs) Chet Hanks perpetually on spring break. 
spring break forever. <laughs> All right, kids. Monica, you're the beast. You're the beast, Jessica. Have a lovely night. You too. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.